Hello and welcome back to the Building HVAC Science Podcast. What's our goal here? It's our mission to help create better, more knowledgeable HVAC and building performance technicians by helping these two professions better understand each other, learn more with the ultimate goal of making customers happy in the homes they live in and the buildings they work in. Eric Kaiser and I had the distinct pleasure of interviewing Dominic Carino, the chairman and CEO of the National Comfort Institute in this episode. We learned about its mission to improve the HVAC industry through education and training. Some of the key points we covered, man, there were a lot of them, about NCI's origin and mission. It was founded in 1998 by Dominic Garino and the late Rob Falk. They're driven and continue to be driven by the desire to improve comfort, energy efficiency, safety, and health in homes and buildings. And they focus on high-performance HVAC and the importance of measuring delivered performance. There's actually a standard that they're working on, standard 221, that's all about measuring delivered performance. That's something really interesting. We delve into it a little bit, but there's always more to follow up on. NCI's got a great team. There's passionate people with industry experience and a commitment to high-performance HVAC. These members include David Richardson, who's a VP of training, Casey Contreras, who's a trainer, John Perrier, who's a trainer, Al Diambola, another trainer, and Jim Ball, a trainer, and of course, the unforgettable Jim Davis, or Captain Combustion. NCI has trained thousands of technicians and contractors over the years. They're now located at a training headquarters, is now relocated to Tennessee. They also have one in the Orange County area. They've helped raise awareness about the importance of CO safety in so many ways for so many years, and also, of course, proper combustion testing. Now, NCI has a membership program with member benefits and a summit every year where they get together all these passionate contractors and learn from each other and from the organization. Fun fact, Eric Kaiser's first HVAC industry class was NCI CO and combustion class with Jim Davis. And this has significantly shaped Eric Kaiser's career. So if you're in for some career shaping advice, and you want to hear some things to change your mind, get you to look at things differently, listen into this episode. Take a look at the show notes. There's some links in there too for you to follow up on. Okay, let's get at it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Building HVAC Science Podcast. I'm Eric Kaiser, and with me today, Bill Spone, another co-host here, and Dominic Gorino from the National Comfort Institute, also known as NCI. Welcome, Dominic. Thank you, Eric. Great to be here. I think I got the last name pronounced right. I didn't ask you about that if I hit that last name properly there. That was pretty good. Yeah, did fine. I don't like to butcher people's names if I don't have to. (laughs) (laughs) I understand. Anyways, we're here today talking with Dominic a little bit about NCI and himself and the greater organization that is NCI. And personally, I've been around NCI my whole career, off and on throughout the career. So I consider this a treat to be able to talk to you about this because I think NCI is a great organization personally. So Dominic, let's first off get to know you a little bit. Where all have you been in the HVAC industry and what's your path looked like? I didn't start out in the HVAC industry in terms of my, call it, technical career in general. I'll try to give you just a really cliff notes background. My formal education is in electronics, electromechanical technology. I actually started out working as an electrician, believe it or not, in new construction mostly, but also existing homes, and then moved into the medical field where I worked on all kinds of medical equipment, but primarily my job was to develop 
training, troubleshooting, manuals, and so forth, and conduct training. This was back in the early 1980s. And in that field, and interestingly, I decided that I was getting burned out on doing what I was doing and entered the HEC industry in a peculiar way, and that was as editor or as an editor for Contracting Business Magazine. Had never been a journalist or a magazine editor or publisher, but jumped in with both feet, had the opportunity, and really learned the industry as I learned to work in an industry magazine and got to meet a lot of the great industry figures that helped form what the HVAC contracting business is today. At that same time, they weren't paying magazine editors very much. So I needed to make some money and uh, starting a family and so forth. So I actually hooked up with an HVC contractor and began by essentially selling heating air conditioning in the evenings and weekends and actually made more money doing that than working for the magazine, which was interesting. But I really loved what I was doing on the publishing side. Eventually, I became chief editor and associate publisher of contracting business for a number of years, but continued working in the field, took a hiatus from contracting business for a couple of years and ran both sales and install for this HVAC contractor in Cleveland, Ohio, and just had a blast doing that. I got my hands dirty and my knuckles busted many times laying in crawl spaces, all that fun stuff. So got to experience it firsthand. And I think that was very formative for me. One of the aha moments during that time was I was in a home. It was in Cleveland, Ohio. I don't know, maybe February, snow flying, probably zero degrees outside. And an elderly couple was in this home. And I went in, was going to do my usual spiel. Let's sit down first. Let's talk about your needs and so forth. And I said, well, let's sit in the living room. Looks like you've got a good sitting area there. And they're like, oh, no, no, we don't use the living room in the winter. And I did notice you could probably hang meat in the living room. <laughs> it was chilly. And I said, well, that's interesting. And as I started doing my survey of the home and so forth, and I knew nothing about building science or a whole lot about HVAC testing or anything like that, so as I was walking around, I did notice that these little handles on the ducts, obviously damper handles, and I'm like, if I adjust these dampers over here and close them down a little bit and maybe more air will go to the living room. And, and I came back upstairs and said to this elderly couple, let's go in the living room. And why do you want to go in there? Let's take a look at what's going on in there. And we walk in there and it was actually already probably 10 degrees warmer within literally minutes. And the expression on their faces was my aha moment. We have lived in this house 30 years and never been able to use this living room in the winter. What did you do? And so I made some adjustments and tried to get more of the heat in here. And they loved what we did. We actually went in and better balanced the system with what we had available. But that was the aha moment for me. It was like, something's going on in this industry and in homes. People are putting up with discomfort. They have given up in many cases. And why? So I started on a path towards exploring how to test and how to measure and so forth. And at that time, my publisher, his name was Jeff Forker, my publisher and mentor, passed away many years ago. He said, well, you got to meet this guy in California. His name's Rob Falk. This guy is just, he's doing what you're talking about. Because I started writing articles about this 
in the magazine. One was called The Comfort Revolution. And I think it was published in ACCA's website for many, many years. But it was stating this fact. We are so focused on energy efficiency that we lost sight of why we're doing this to begin with as an industry. I, again, started studying, figuring out who was doing the kinds of things that I was looking for. There's got to be a way to test this stuff to make it work properly, not just guess at it and let's try this and see what happens kind of thing, which is what many contractors do when they run into problem homes. So, well, we'll give it a shot. So at first it was funny because I said, no, I don't have time to go see this guy in California. And, And Jeff insisted. And finally he wore me down and I got on a plane and went out to actually Sacramento where Rob and I met at the home of one of the key people on the California Energy Commission at the time. His name is Gary Klein. So when we met at Gary's house and Rob brings out all these toys, I mean tools, that's like, well, we're going to go through and now test this home. And I'm like, okay. So I stood back or I helped him, obviously. We went in the attic and measured a bunch of things and measured airflows. And at the end of it all, I just looked at what we had done and said, this is it. This is what's missing in our industry. And it was, again, that second aha moment that really led to the formation of NCI. And Rob and I, we just hit it off immediately. Anyone who knew Rob Falk knows that it's very easy to hit it off with him. He's one of the nicest guys in the world. And we ended up literally sitting in the hotel room talking all night till the sun came up about the industry and what the issues were. And he had been on this path for a few years and on his own and trying to make sense of things. And for a few, we got together and we formed NBI, which was the predecessor of NCI, a national balancing institute. And our focus was air balancing in primarily residential like commercial. So from there, we decided we need to write some manuals, I guess, and things like that. And it was a hobby more than anything at first. It was part-time for both of us. We both had several full-time jobs. We realized that this was starting to get traction. And actually in 1998, we both quit our jobs and dove in headfirst, not knowing where it was going to take us, and formed National Comfort Institute as a company. And the rest is history. Today, I mean, I could get into a lot more detail. I don't want to bore you with that. That history, that's 25 years ago you formed NCI. Hopefully, the people listening to this podcast who are less than 25 years old, so they missed some of that history, that essential history. And this is the same Gary Klein that now teaches about hot water and water usage and things like that? That's correct. I never knew that connection. Oh, yeah. Gary and we go way back. It's, yep, over 30 years when we first met at his home. And he's been in and out of different parts of energy efficiency with the California Energy Commission. Now he's on his own, I believe. Yep. Gary Klein and Associates. Absolutely. We got to get him on the podcast, Eric. There you go. Gary's a trip. We'll love him. I'm sure you know him. So since then, we obviously expanded beyond just, well, air balancing. Yeah, that's part of the solution, but there's a lot more to it. And of course, we started exploring the building sciences, learning more about that, trying to connect it with the HVAC industry. That was a big part of what we did. And we've introduced numerous other classes. I won't list them all out, but that have to do with diagnosing systems on the air side, especially, but also CO, combustion, carbon dioxide safety, and so forth. And today we have 14, soon to be 15 instructors nationwide, two training centers, one here in Tennessee. That's where 
talking to you from, our new facility in Tennessee and also one in Southern California. And we do about 150, it'll probably be 180 classes in 2024 at the rate we're going. So do a lot of classes, train thousands of owners and technicians and everybody else, primarily in contracting businesses. That's who NCI is today. So focusing on today, your primary focus then is really measuring air and or combustion, measuring combustion. Is that what your classes are primarily focused on or what other topics do you teach on? So the technical topics are typically airflow, combustion, bouncing, things like that. We've also moved into refrigerant side performance testing. We realized there was some major gaps there in how people look at the refrigerant side of the system. But really, what we've become, what we've evolved into over the decades, if you will, is our focus is on high-performance HVAC. In other words, having the ability to measure the delivered performance of a system. And by performance, we don't mean just energy efficiency, but comfort, energy efficiency, safety, a healthy environment. We look at everything and connect the dots between those things. That's where our focus has gone. But there's one other element that's really, I think, important to get across is that we're not just a technical training institute. Yes, we have a lot of technical training. We've written many, many manuals over the years and have several certifications that we developed and continue to provide to the industry. I think we're still the only CO in combustion certification out there. We've probably trained and certified 15, 16,000 technicians in CO combustion that many of them continue to come back and get recertified. But besides the technical, a major part that's integrated into all of our teachings is how do you actually make it work with the customer? We have a saying, nothing happens. It's not our saying. Somebody said this a long time ago. Nothing happens till someone buys something. So somehow we have to take all this technical knowledge that we're instilling in people, and they have to be able to, number one, communicate what they're trying to do, what they want to do with the customer and why, and then be able to show them the benefits of it in non-technical language and get them to want to do something about it. That's a big part of what we teach. So even our regular technical classes have this approach blended in. How do you talk to the customer? And another part of it is how do you monetize it? What should you charge for it? In the early years, we had so many people come on board and yes, this is what we should be doing. And then soon after, they were not monetizing it enough to make it sustainable in their companies. They felt it was like it cost them more to do it right, and they couldn't pass that cost on to the customer. A big part of our training is here's how you do that. Here's how you monetize it. Now, we don't tell them how much to charge, of course, but how to come up with how much to charge. It's not about labor and materials. It's like a doctor, right? He doesn't charge you for the sutures and for the whatever pieces, parts that he's using in a procedure. He's charging you for his knowledge and for getting the job done, the end result. And that's where a lot of contractors had to change their mindsets in terms of, no, you're not just, okay, I'm going to replace some ducks over here and it's $100 in materials and three hours of labor, so this is how much I'm going to charge. It's not about that. It's about what is the end result? What are you doing for the customer? 
you brought that up in a couple of ways. I'm hearing process, 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 repeatable process from the business, the sales side, and the technical side. And the need to go back to your editor days, go back to your electrician training, troubleshooting training days, and just this wave that keeps moving through you of creating process, documenting process, getting feedback. I hope this comes out to people. This is like what you're about. This is what your organization's about. And you found others along the way that have that same spirit, that same interest. Do you want to talk a little bit about like who's on your team? Yeah, I talked a little bit about Rob, who some people know he, he passed away a few years ago and unfortunately was a big blow to NCI. We're still feeling his absence tremendously, but Rob was obviously a key component and a key individual that drove this mission, this sense of purpose, and helped attract some just really great people from our industry. Even early on when we started hiring the very first people to take on training and so forth or, or become instructors for NCI, we were very adamant about looking for people who had a passion for this. It wasn't just a teaching job. We had, quote unquote, teachers apply and just had, first of all, no industry experience. And that was a big part of it as well. All of our trainers have either owned HVAC companies or worked in them for many years and actually practiced what we teach in those companies. That's a key component. So just someone randomly coming to us, applying for a job as an instructor, it would be very tough for us to bring them on. One of the, I would say, our key players, and he is now our vice president of training, is David Richardson. David has that passion he was Rob's protege in terms of the technical side, in terms of just developing training, working with our instructors. David came to us from an HVAC business in Kentucky, family business, grew up in that business. And he was very hesitant at first because he didn't want to hurt his dad's business leaving. But it was a decision when the timing was right and his dad was very supportive. So he came on board. And since then, David's just absolutely blossomed into, I'd say, one of the top instructors and more than instructor, just advocates and influential people in our industry in terms of high performance HVAC. So we're very fortunate, obviously, to have David on board and he stayed with us. We have many others. Casey Contreras is one of our trainers. I don't know if he's been on any of your podcasts yet, but I would certainly invite him. He uh, different style than David, but the field people, technicians, and even owners absolutely love Casey because he's just Casey. You're not getting some made-up persona. He's just himself. Again, grew up in the HVAC business and his dad's company, very similar to David in that respect, and eventually went to all the NCI training. Casey was from California originally. He lives in Arizona now. And again, he has that passion he just loves to talk to the techs. He loves to talk to owners and is just very real about the brass tacks of being out there and getting the job done. So he has just his own unique style. And I could go on and on about each of our instructors. John Perrier, been in the industry probably longer than I have, probably close to 40 years, has the same fire and passion. Just a few years ago, we brought on several others and brought back some people. Al Diambola also been around NCI for many years, went left for a while, came back, and he'd walk through a brick wall through for helping out a contractor. He's just that 
high-spirited. Jim Ball was a contractor in Mississippi, sold his dad's business or helped sell his dad's business, went in, worked for a manufacturer for a year or two, just wasn't feeling it. Found NCI, we found him, again, longtime student, longtime member of National Comfort Institute. And again, I'm probably missing several people. I know I am, but... Captain Combustion. Oh, well, yeah, Jim Davis. There's a story in of itself. We met Jim, I would say not by accident, by divine intervention is probably... I had an experience where I moved to a house in Cincinnati and my whole family almost died from CO poisoning. If it had been a little colder that night... That boiler would have been running, and we probably would not have woken up. We just moved into this house, and it just so happens Jim lives in Cincinnati. And this was, I'm talking back to 1998, somewhere around there, and had him come out. And we found there was a major problem that was absolutely pouring carbon monoxide into the house. 150 parts per million in the living space and rising. And frankly, I looked at that and I go, I've been in the industry for more than a few years. I had no clue about this stuff and how dangerous it was and how easily you can go from safe to totally unsafe and possibly death. So we got together with Jim. He was out there. We called him John the Baptist out there. And he was teaching some classes. He actually helped develop a lot of today's modern and combustion analyzers with companies like Backrack, and you have some background there. So he was really trying to get the word out, but he needed something beyond himself to make that happen. And it was just, I don't know, instant fate. We brought him on to NCI, helped him get all his manuals cleaned up and got rid of his overhead projector <laughs> transparencies and brought him into the 20th century. <laughs> he had to rip that from his hands, I know. That's right. Yeah. His, I always remember the binders with his overheads were probably about six inches thick and very heavy. Long story short, Jim came on board, started teaching CO and combustion, really flourished. It was great for NCI and for Jim, I think. And actually, David Richardson was Jim's first protege on the combustion side as well. And he's the only one who he trusted at the time. This was a number of years ago, probably 10 years, 11 years ago, maybe 12. He trusted David to carry on the legacy, so to speak, of Captain CO, as many refer to Jim as. And David really took on that mantle in terms of carrying that on and also making it to where others could teach the same class. There's a lot of knowledge wrapped up in teaching that class and a lot of experience is needed. Yeah, field experience. Absolutely. Yeah, hands on. Yeah, there's a ton of that in that class. That was the first class that I ever attended when I got into the industry. With Jim? With Jim. Yeah, I spent three days with Jim in St. Louis, Missouri through that class. And that was the first class I sat through. And it changed the trajectory of my career. I'll say that. Looking back on that now. Yeah, there's a lot of people your team has touched. Speaking of people touched, you actually have NCI members. That's correct? That's correct. That It's a form of working with your business. And then there's a member conference or summit that happens frequently. So I want to talk a little bit about that. It's funny how that happened. Rob and I, it was a few years after forming NCI proper, if you will, actually in Cleveland, Ohio. And someone, I forget who it was, a contractor called us and said, how do I join you guys? And we're like, join? <laughs> what do you mean? We teach. Is there any way to like become part of NCI, have an affiliation with you? And 
become a member? And I'm like, member? Hmm, that's interesting. So probably six months later, we determined it was time to launch a membership organization to support those contractors, those companies, and their field people uh, to support them as they move forward in this progression, if you will, towards high performance. And we launched a membership group with 100 founding members at the time. So we had a lot of great people that were willing to jump on board without really much to show for it. Okay, how do you make a membership group work? And long story short, we developed a membership. Many of our our students jumped on board. And a few years later, we determined, well, we probably should have some kind of meeting for these guys (laughs) and launched. It wasn't called the summit at the time, but launched the predecessor of the High Performance HVAC Summit. And that was 20 years ago, actually. This past spring, I believe, was 20 years. And so we're going into our 21st summit. And it started out as a member conference, if you will. So it was only members. But soon after, maybe 12 years ago or so, we determined this should be open to the whole industry. We changed it to a members-only conference to a full-on industry event. And over the years, we've seen more and more non-members jump on board and come to Summit. And it's evolved. This year, it's actually going to be in Asheville, North Carolina, I think September 9th through the 11th through the 12th is Summit Week. What's great is it's grown into much more than just a meeting. We get great speakers. Bill has actually been to Summit a few times now. And we have a small trade show, but it's not really meant to be a traditional trade show. We include what we call our partners, and TrueTech is one of those partners, to come and be involved in the conference. Of course, we have some exhibit area around the actual general session room. So it's not like a separate little trade show. We tried that. We're not thrilled with it because when the trade show hours were not, when there was no trade show going on, there wasn't much for them to do. And this way, our partners are much more involved in the conference itself. And there are some things at the conference that have been staples for years. One is we have something called our idea session, where all the attendees, the contractor attendees, if you will, share ideas that they have tried in their markets, whether it's sales, marketing. And so that's become a staple. And the other thing is this past year, we did our 19th annual NCI awards. So we recognize some of the top performers in our industry. And it's not always the biggest. We do have categories based on size, but really share with the rest of the people there what these companies have accomplished, which these individuals have accomplished as well. And that's really become a significant part of Summit is that recognition. And then the along with that, the other part that makes Summit a little different is the environment. And you almost have to experience it in person to get a sense of what it is. It's this camaraderie, this we're all in this together feeling. It's not just a generic industry conference that, yeah, we're going there to improve ourselves and so forth, but it's a meeting of a brotherhood, a sisterhood of people that truly embrace high performance and want to continue down that path. So it's a little unique. It's not a huge conference, which we kind of like. There's usually three or 400 people. We may have some more this year. We'll see. Our industry partners have been great in terms of helping to promote it. And it's an important part of who we are. 
And expanding on that, we're recording this here in mid-December, coming up at the end of January, or near the end of January, is the AHR Expo. Yes. And there's something that we're working on with other players and yourself. Want to talk a little bit about that? This year at AHR Expo, we're actually teaching, let's call it teaching, or doing five different sessions in the educational part of AHR. They have educational sessions. And... We've had a great relationship with AHR, and year after year, they ask us to come back and do more and more sessions. And I believe one of the sessions, actually, Bill and Eric, you're both going to be involved in. Yep, with your guy, Ben. Yeah, With Ben Lipscomb, and it's about climate resilience, I believe. And I don't want to get into all the details, but the focus on heat pumps and electrification has led us to look at that and say, we really need to be careful not to go too far. We've had some examples of that over the years, just recently in Texas, when a heavy heat pump area was dependent on electricity, and they lost electricity, and even lives were lost as a result of it because there was no way of heating their homes. So climate resilience really is about having a home and an HVAC system that can handle different climates, that's designed better for different climates, and that often includes using some fossil fuel backup or some type of backup. So again, I'm not going to get into all the details, but that I believe is what you guys are focusing on in that session. We have several other sessions as well. I won't get into each one of them. I'm doing one on on selling high-performance HVAC and tag teaming with a local contractor in the Chicago area, who a young lady who has just done a phenomenal job in selling high-performance HVC. She's completely embraced it, so we're going to have some fun. And that's Don Mrozek with Vickers GV Heating in not Chicago, but close to Chicago. There's other sessions as well. I've also will be on an industry panel that this will be the third year now where we talk about where the HVAC industry is headed and what we need to do to support the HVAC industry as manufacturers, as distributors, and educational organizations and so forth. So that's always a lot of fun. So we're going to have a great presence. We'll have a booth also, so come see us. I wish I could give you the booth number that they have not been assigned yet, but we'll have that on our website and make sure to check that out and come visit us. And there's that event we're working on with you guys on Tuesday, I think. Yeah. Yeah. We're working on a spe- Talk about that a little bit. It's a special event. It's a small group event, but I can't really talk about it publicly, Bill. If people want to hear more, contact us individually. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know if you're interested in meeting up with us in general. We'd love to see you at AHR. And if we know you're going to be there, we'll look for you. You can email Bill or myself or Eric. I don't know if you're going to flash some type of email up on the screen. We'll put it in the show notes since this is audio. Okay, that's right. Flash into people's minds. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't figured out how to flash that quite yet. Yes, yes. No, I understand. NCI's website is nationalcomfortinstitute.com. Hopefully easy to remember. But yeah, we're looking forward to that and really the idea of being there in addition to obviously trying to bring more people into the fold is also to connect with high-performance contractors, people who are either, we're all on the path, so none of us are there, but at different points in that path towards being a high-performance HVAC service company, if you will. So 
that will be a great time to get together and learn what you're doing. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to talk to you. So I want to expand on AHR a little bit because concurrently with AHR is the ASHRAE Winter Convention or the Winter Conference that they have. And NCI had a big hand in an ASHRAE standard, if I'm correct. Yeah, thank you for asking about that. We did. And actually, Rob Falk was basically at the core of that, at the say, was the culmination of his life's work in many ways in terms of getting something written into codified or written into a standard. And the standard is called ASHRAE 221. It's got a long name to it. <laughs> Test method to field measure and score the cooling and heating performance of installed unitary HVAC systems. So essentially, we have developed a standard together with industry consensus and a group with wide backgrounds in the industry from manufacturing to field and engineering and so forth. So the standard to take a look at a unitary system, which basically like a split system with ductwork and so forth. It could be actually a package unit as well and determine the performance of that system, like the delivered BTUs of that system. So in order to do that, we have to collect a whole bunch of information, which tells us the key performance indicators, if you will, of that system. It took a while, but actually in ASHRAE I guess years, if you will, it was a fast track. It felt like forever to us, but it was done in, a, in basically a couple of years, which is not typical. Bill, you're an ASHRAE member. How long do you usually see it take a standard to become? About a decade. Yeah. And this was done very fast. And what was interesting is last year, I had an opportunity to meet the president of ASHRAE, and he said that ASHRAE 221 was kind of a model for where we need to go with developing standards in terms of not taking a decade, having it done in a year or two and go through public review and all of those things much more rapidly. So that's exciting that we help make that happen. It's like a lot of ways, you know, NCI was an overnight success in 30 years. But everything you had put into the standard was actually built upon the context, your context to the industry through the organization and CI through MBI going back to contracting business, to Rob's work, to your associates, to your trainers. You're able to pull a lot together very quickly because you're, like I like to say, sometimes woven into the fabric of the industry. You can see those NCI threads all over the place. Thank you for that. That's humbling. Our mission, I look back at what is our mission today, is really to raise the bar, if you will, for the industry and help contractors, or I even would prefer we move away from the term contractors. I would say HVAC service businesses, because that's what they are. Contractors sometimes might even have a derogatory tone to it because of how people view contractors in, in many industries. But these are HVAC service businesses. That the way they're going to succeed, obviously, is they have to track good people, which today is essential with the shortage that we have of people in our industry. They have to track good people and keep them and have cultures in their businesses that makes people want to be part of what they're doing. And we believe high-performance HVAC can be part of that magnet, if you will. If a contractor is more than just someone who goes in and slaps equipment and walks away or replaces the valve or the relay or the contactor and walks away, but actually someone who wants to know what's going on in that home with that system and offer solutions, those are the guys we want to help raise the 
bar for the industry. So that's our mission is we're constantly searching for new tools, for new methods. It's never done and it shouldn't be ever done. It's important that we're always seeking better ways to do things. And that's what NCI is all about. I think that's a perfect way to close. We could go on forever. We have so much common history and different history, which is always interesting to explore because we pivot off a similar wheel of ideas. So what closing thoughts would you like to give the listeners before the next time you come back? Because we will have you back. We're always, we're open to feedback. We're open to where would you like to see NCI go next? And by NCI, I mean not just the company, but all of those affiliated members, anyone who's been through our training. Where do we go next? What's important to you? How can we help you achieve success as a high-performance contractor? That's We always appreciate that input. Call us, email us, let us know what we can do to help you succeed. Where do we think we're going next? I think we're going to expand the technologies that we're involved in. We're, we've done some home performance training, specifically the home performance side. We're probably going to take another run at it, if you will, in the next year or so. You'll see some things come out of NCI that will help connect the dots between home performance and HVC performance because they are absolutely inextricably connected and always have been. So we're looking at ways to, we like to talk about the home is the load side of the system. That's where design comes in. You'll see more about design from NCI. And again, tracking where the industry is going. New technologies are coming out constantly. Now the big challenge is dealing with inverter systems and making sure that that connects as well, because it's more than just a condensing unit and a coil or air handler. So we have a lot on the horizon with that. And Rob and I used to have a saying, and we'd say it almost every year, it feels like we're just getting started. <laughs> and that's what it feels like to us today. We're just getting started. And I think anyone interested in giving that feedback and connecting with you, it's always best when you have a sampling. So attend a class, come to the summit talk to other contractors involved. There's actually, I believe, a link on your site where you can find contractors that have been through the training, the homeowner side of the site. Yes, absolutely. That's another benefit to people that interact with NCI is there's a little bit of lead gen built into that because you do have consumer communication built into it, like you mentioned before. Oh, yeah. Great stories from that. Contractors connecting with consumers through our website who are really looking for solutions, and that's the best customer. That's been exciting, and it's grown. So, yeah, thank you for mentioning that. Well, please check out our website. You'll see, as Bill said, there's a consumer side where you click on homeowners, click here, and it's called myhomecomfort.org. And a lot of consumer education on there, as well as the contractor locator the, of certified NCI contractors. Absolutely. Sorry we have to cut it short, but we'll be seeing you soon, and I, we hope other people will be seeing you and your organization get interacted with you, if not already. Thanks, Bill. I really appreciate you inviting me on. Look forward to the next time. Thank you, Dominic. Thanks. Thanks, Eric. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Building HVAC Science Podcast, where we learned that NCI is more than just fixing furnaces and why NCI is at the heartbeat of the HVAC industry. Other great heartbeats and trade influencers and resources out there include AC Service Tech, Mr. Craig Migliaccio, MeasureQuick, 
HVA Chicks, The Misfits of HVAC, The HVAC Grapevine, HVACR School, HVAC Shop Talk, Stephen Reardon, HVAC Reefer Guy, Tool Pros, Service Business Mastery, Quality HVAC, HVAC Overtime, and HVACR Videos, along with HomeDiagnosis.tv, which, by the way, just started into its third season. HomeDiagnosis.tv. You can watch it on YouTube, and it's already beginning to air the month of February. 2024 season three in various markets on PBS. In any case, we hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. If you want to feedback anything about the podcast, please email marketing at truetechtools.com. Full disclosure, I'm a co-owner of TrueTech. The opinions voiced here are those of my guests, my co-host, or myself, depending on who is speaking. And if you're in the market for any tools or test instruments, mention the podcast Take a look at what True Tech Tools carries, T-R-U-T-E-C-H-T-O-O-L-S dot com. You can use the offer code HVACBS for a nice discount. And you can figure out what BS means, right? Okay, everybody, take care until next time. <music>